But when you feel as though, okay, you know, I can see that my child is struggling to make friends in her new classroom, or I feel like my child has so much more potential um, academically, but there's something there, they're stuck. You hear your child say things like, oh, I'll never be able to do that. I'm just not good enough. When you feel like your child is not feeling their best and at their true potential, get a life coach. Hello, hello, Blissful Pants. Michelle Abraham, your host here today. And I am bringing you a really cool interview today. We're going to talk about when and how do you know if your kid needs a coach? And we're not just talking about a coach for the basketball team or the baseball team. We're talking about a coach that can support them in some behavior stuff, can support them in their school stuff, can support them in all sorts of stuff. And I'm using the word stuff a lot. I apologize. <laughs> it was just the easiest thing to say. And I'm excited to bring you our guest today. So let me introduce you to Shaista Fatelli. So Shaista, how are you? I am great. Thanks so much for having me. You are so welcome. So Shaista is the co-host of a podcast called I Am Mom with her co-host Dimple Aurora. And uh, they've got a a fabulous podcast. And in fact, we were just discussing how they were just uh, an under the radar podcast in Podcast Magazine this month, which is really cool. Podcast Magazine featured them and their podcast, which is very cool. Um, But let me just tell you a little bit more about Shaisa. She is um, from British Columbia, which is cool. Very same same as I am from. And she's a kindergarten teacher. She was a kindergarten teacher and she's been working in the school district for 16 years. She's a mentor teacher, a leader, and she facilitated activities for her district as well. So over the years, she's gone tons of education from a bachelor's degree in education and arts and went all the way up to a master's degree in education. And then also she's a PhD candidate for early childhood education. So what I think was really cool about Shaisa is that you have taken all that education and you've become a certified children's life coach and you work with clients to build self-esteem, manage anxiety, develop heart, develop the heart mind. You are also the author of the book Back Home, which has received tons of accolades as well. So over the past few years, you've really focused your attention on Thrive Kids, which, and you've got Thrive Kids Virtual Learning Academy, Thrive Mummy and Thrive Babies. And so we're going to dive a little bit more into that in a moment too. But first of all, I just wanted to say hi again, and thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much. It's so great to to see you and to be on this end of the mic. Um, We're always on the uh, other end with guests. So it's nice to be a guest. Right? Yeah, it's so funny when you become a podcast host that you're always interviewing other people. (laughs) Well, that's great. We're excited to get to know more about you and Thrive BC. So tell us a little bit about your Thrive Kids virtual um, program and how that all started. Yeah, so, um, so the Thrive Kids program actually started about three years ago. Um, And at that point, it was more, um, it was in person, like COVID hadn't obviously hadn't hit yet. Um, And what I did was, as a kindergarten, I still am a kindergarten teacher. But what I realized is in the classroom, I saw more and more kids come in who have had 
experiences which trigger a lot of anxiety. And these are young kids, right? Like four years old, a lot of them that come in. Um, And as I see these kids move in through the education system, I noticed that this would trickle into other aspects of their whole life. And as a result, many of them weren't able to reach their full potential. And so as a teacher, I tried my hardest to incorporate a lot of these amazing strategies that kids definitely need. Um, But at the end of the day, uh, I am a teacher and I have a curriculum to follow as well, which is, of course, equally as important. And there are only a certain amount of hours in the day that we have. So I created this program, Thrive Kids, so that kids have the opportunity to learn essential soft skills that help them in the 21st century and help alleviate a lot of the stress, anxiety, and other emotional disturbances that they may have. So when you're talking about anxiety and stress and the emotional disturbances, are you talking about things that are like happening in the home or are you talking about things that are like happening worldwide or is it a, or at school or is it a combination of all of those? Yeah, that's such a good question. I would say it's a combination of everything. There's definitely this, um, this sense of collective anxiety that, that I like to say, um, particularly around COVID and just the unknown um, that tended to uh, kind of precipitate a lot of the um, actions that a lot of parents were were having, right? Um, undoubtedly so, which then affected a lot of the, the feelings and emotions underneath Um, for their kids as well. But I think in general, just in general, COVID aside, our society has changed so much. There's so much pressure on us parents, right? To keep up with the Joneses and to have our kids be a certain way. People Mm -hmm. tell us that kids have to be able to meet these certain milestones at certain points. And when they don't, there's something wrong. And that is going to cause us anxiety. When it causes us anxiety, we put the pressure on our kids. And what happens with the kids? They carry that on. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a pattern, right? It's a pattern, um, family patterns, societal patterns that then influences our kids in the school system. And the school system also contributes to a lot of, a lot of anxiety as well. There's just a whole lot of anxiety going on everywhere, isn't there? <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. I'm curious yeah. to know, like the kids that are coming into your classroom, like this year and maybe next year, like what, like the difference in the kids that are coming into the classrooms based like versus like a few years ago before the pandemic, I'm sure that I'm sure you've noticed some differences. Oh my goodness. I love this question. Yes. Because so last year I had a baby, so I wasn't um, in the classroom and I anticipated going back this year that it wouldn't be as different as when I left because some of the restrictions were, were lessening. I was very wrong. Um, I absolutely love teaching and I love my class. I don't get me wrong, but I think through 
throughout the district, across the board, what kinder I'm talking specifically right now, kindergarten teachers are seeing is a lot of kids with um, who are affected by uh, the pandemic, not having a lot of social socialization and having increased anxiety. So those two things combined trickle into the classroom in not really in terms of the academic component, but really in terms of their emotional and social well-being. So this year, what I did was uh, there were a few SEL or social emotional learning programs that I was using prior to the pandemic. And I changed things around right away. I changed my expectations around academics because I know that these children are not going to get there if they're not feeling safe first, if they're not feeling connected first, if these holes in their ship are not blocked and sealed, they're not going to sail. So I worked on that. And this year, um, now at this point, they're at this stage where they are just thriving. They're absolutely thriving. So that in a long way, I've answered your question that there is a lot there, um, but it really is up to the teachers who are absolutely wonderful and excellent, who are able to see that and mm-hmm. put the measures in place. So teachers yeah. are teachers are on your side, parents. Don't worry. We yeah, got and you. I would imagine that like then the kids that were like maybe two and three during the pandemic, like who didn't get out to socialize or didn't get to be in groups of people. And oh my gosh, that's going to be a whole different kind of learning in kindergarten on that social emotional kind of level. Yeah. And then it, he would have Absolutely. normally had to be at a different kind of stage. Wow. Yeah. yeah Something to sure. really consider. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Um, wow. Yeah. Just, so just the differences in what's happened in the world, I'm sure. So now you're, you actually will coach parents and, and kids. So first you would make coach the kids that are maybe struggling a little bit in school and mm-hmm. you coach them and also counsel the parents as well. So how does that work? What kind of, yeah. what kind of kids are you looking for and to how to support? Mm-hmm. So it's definitely kids who may be experiencing some challenges in terms of, um, their social well-being or even their emotional well-being, but not always. Sometimes it's also kids who may not, their parents may feel as though they are, um, they're doing like absolutely fine at school. They have many friends. However, they're not getting these essential life skills that they want their children to have for this changing world. For example, I mean, the pandemic, we've talked about this a lot, but that this is just a really great example, right? The emotional resilience and agility to face changing circumstances like this. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt that this is going to come, uh, not to maybe to this extent, but changes are going to happen. Mm-hmm. How well can they prepare their children for that, right? So, lots of different children come and see me. There's a lot of kids who may experience a lot of low self-confidence and self-esteem. There might be kids who are feeling a lot of 
school anxiety, test anxiety, Mm -hmm. um, performance anxiety. A lot of kids who have had diagnosis, diagnoses um, through this system and might be feeling, the parents might be feeling shame around that. And Mm -hmm. kids' self-confidence may be lower um, as a result of having this quote-unquote diagnosis. So I I work with the kids and it really depends on the type of child there is. There's not one thing that I do with everyone because every child is different. And based on what we've done in the session and the type of vocabulary or language that I use, I will then use the same language and vocabulary with the parents. So it's not a one-time deal. Like you do your session and then, all right, I'll see you again next session. It's more like a day-to-day interwoven throughout their moments type of um, therapy that I do. And so it's interesting because I think a lot of parents might feel like they need some support in different stages and been like, when do you actually really how do us parents know and can assist like do does our kid actually and really could be beneficial to have some extra support like that or is it something they're just gonna like you know be patient and they'll be fine and you know once they get over this little you know this little hump they're on right now is how how can we tell oh that is a great question and to be quite honest I am a big proponent of having someone, whether it's a therapist, a counselor, a life coach, someone that is not in the family dynamic situation Mm -hmm. that your child has in their back pocket, (laughs) for lack of better words. Um, And many of the reasons as to why adults are getting life coaches are the same reasons that children need life coaches. One of the main, one of the most common um, words I hear from parents is, I wish I had this when I was younger. So, you know, when you feel as though, okay, you know, I can see that my child is struggling to make friends in her new classroom. Or I feel like my child has so much more potential um, academically, but there's something there. They're stuck. You hear your child say things like, oh, I'll never be able to do that. I'm just not good enough. Of course, Joe was able to do that because he's good at everything. When you feel like your child is not feeling their best and at their true potential, Get a life coach for your child. They can help you through many of these types of scenarios and situations in order for your child to become their best self. Mm, I love that. You know, I think this is something that I obviously the life coaching space is quite uh, well known for adults, but I think this is relatively like unheard of or newish in this way of, of calling it for kids. And I think uh, we're going to probably see a, the uh, huge need of it, <laughs> for it coming yeah. up in the future, but it seems like it's also like preventative, right? Like I think like had a lot of us gotten some support like this when we were in those first few age years of school, I mean, mm-hmm. the teachers can only do so much. There's so many kids in their classroom. They can only spend so much focused time on each kid. And then parents are also so busy right now too, that maybe this is like having some dedicated someone supporting that child 
child through everything they need um, seems like such a brilliant strategy that I'm not sure why we're not already like, this is not something that all parents just have an extra support for their kids, exactly. um, you know, just automatically. <laughs> yeah. And having that support for your child is also giving that support to you. So for example, um, when I finish a session with the child, let's say it's 50 to 60 minutes, I will meet with the parents like right after. And it's almost like a, a counseling session for them, right? Yeah. At the end, because they feel so supported. Yeah. And when they feel so supported and like, hey, okay, I've got these techniques and tools now that I didn't know worked for my child that I know now, mm-hmm. and I will incorporate. And I have someone to go back to, right? I have someone to fall back on and tell that person, okay, well, you know, this did work for this certain amount of time, but it didn't work at this other time. What else can we do? Right. And have that back and forth and have that person to, to lean on. Yeah, that's great. And do you do this virtually or do you do this like in an office setting? Yeah. So majority are virtually there are because I also see really young kids like um, the youngest I've seen is three I prefer to see them in person because a lot of it is through play and it's hard yeah also a lot of a lot of kids who may be diagnosed with certain um, learning differences are they, they do much better in person, right? So um, it really depends on the child. And then there's other children who I work with who are just absolutely fantastic on Zoom, right? Um, so I see those ones that have had to do school on Zoom the last few years. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> they know more than I do. Like, I don't know how to work certain things. <laughs> right? That's exciting. Yeah. And so I love that this is available to parents and something that parents should be really looking at. And so any other like indicators uh, for us parents to kind of like be aware of, like on our radar as to like when would be a good time to like reach out? Yes, absolutely. So when you notice your child's self-confidence and Mm self-esteem is uh, dwindling, right? So they're doubting themselves. You hear these words, you hear, I can't, I don't want to. You might see some of these behaviors like anger, meltdowns, um, even being very reclusive, like in their own shell, um, not wanting to participate or do things that they wanted to beforehand. When you feel as though your child is not themselves, there's something different here. You know that as a parent, right? Um, That could be all signs. Those are red flags. When there are events, big events, like a move, um, a death, a divorce, a new sibling, Mm -hmm. those are also, um, no matter how happy and joyous they may be, Mm -hmm. they it's a change for children. Mm -hmm. And those changes will bring on uncertainty. And uncertainty will cause some sort of anxiety. And it's always best to have these, right? So these events, noticing these um, feelings, noticing these differences, noticing what you're hearing with your children, all of these are red flags that um, indicate that you should see, seek out a life coach. 
I think every parent listening right now is probably like, check, check, one of the, well, at least one of those things. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah, it's tough. Kids have it tough these days. There's so much going they on really in the world. Do. Yeah. What's your, um, what's your thoughts on like how busy we all are too? Like, is, do you think that's really affecting the anxiety levels of kids too? Yes. And you know, what I think it is, is I think it goes back to us as parents because we see Sally's mom taking Sally to, um, early morning hockey practice at 5.30 and then going to school and then after school having a reading class and then going to another hockey practice and then maybe doing something else and then repeat on repeat, right? So um, yeah, exactly. And so that triggers us. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, well, my daughter gets up at eight o'clock and then I take her to school and then we come home, maybe one or two activities. And so we put this pressure on ourselves and then that turns into busyness for us because we want our kids to be busy so that it fills this void for us of feeling less than. And what happens for the child is they don't have time to be themselves and to connect. They may love hockey, right? They may have this intense passion and by all means, then go for it because you're listening to their true needs and who they really are. But a lot of the times we're piling things on and creating this busyness, which gets our minds into this motion, this repetitive motion. And it's only I think it's only, it was only during the pandemic when we were forced to slow down that a lot of parents, me included, realized this. Okay, well, now we can't do that. We can't go here. We can't go here at this particular time. So parents, families, children had time to connect. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's funny. We actually moved from a big city to a really small town. And one of the things that I was actually like, kind of relieved about is that they only had like two activities to choose from for the kids. Like they did swimming and art and that's pretty much it. There was nothing else available. And so like, that was all they did. And actually it was like a relief because I didn't have to get up at five in the morning and schedule them for a billion different things like when the rec center guide came out and like <laughs> be on wait list. Oh, yes. And if you didn't get it that day, then you don't get into the program. And there was just a lot less stress involved. And having those couple of days after school with no activities, I think has really helped them um, just want to just do things that they hadn't really had a chance to do previous to that. So it's yeah. interesting. Although now it's like fighting with the technology. It's like, oh, oh yeah. free time does not mean we get to be on our iPads more. <laughs> Absolutely. I think a lot of a lot what happens too internally when we give that time is we gift that time, I should say, is that they have this opportunity to reconnect with themselves as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're finding out things that they do like, and they're finding out things that they like to do. Um, and they're finding out, you know, who they are. Mm. Yeah, they're actually being kids and like playing, mm-hmm. just playing, right? And that imagination, I don't know if you've 
uh, I'm sure you've heard this in your work too, where it's just like kids losing that imagination because everything's like programmed or scheduled. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. They, it's all program program and scheduled and it's very um, immediate. Right. So right. it's this instant gratification. And, you know, when you're in the, in, in the world, there's so much instant gratification, but it takes away from a lot as well. Wow. If you could kind of take a look at your kindergarten experience over the last like decade and kind of like be like, there's definitely a couple of key things that like kids need to kind of what you're noticing over and over again, the kids are coming to school, not knowing already as far as like something they like they need to, to, to learn at home first. Like, is there anything that comes to mind? Yes. And you know, it's not having to do with academics. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. Not that math, math whizzes in kindergarten. No. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. The first thing is to learn how to quiet their monkey mind. Mm. So I teach my kindergarten kids a lot and it is, I'm telling you, it is a game changer. Um, teaching kids, like I start the the morning off like that since in September. So we will do like these tiny little, like literally 30 second meditations and gradually we'll build up in June to two minutes. Like that's how short it is for them, but it makes a world of a difference. Mm -hmm. And when I don't do it, they'll tell me, right? Mm -hmm. So you know that it's something very pronounced for them when they're telling you and you can see them, their eyes are closed and they're like breathing in and out. So learning to tame their monkey mind. Right. And the other thing is to um, the other thing that is really, there's two things. So the other thing is to um, look at where they are. And the reason I say that is because we're always looking at where they should be. Like even kids think where they should be. And again, I start this in September when they're four years old. Mm-hmm. It's okay that that uh, Johnny can write his name. Mm-hmm. And you're still learning. You're learning to construct your name with blocks. We will get there. You will write your name eventually. But where you are right now is here. So that's even easy at three years old to do. You are here. Um, and the last thing that I really notice is they have the, a lot. I mean, it's so different. There's a lot of kids. It's very developmental, right? Where a lot of kids are very focused on their own selves mm-hmm. at that age. And it's super normal. Mm-hmm. But I think learning, because in our society, we're focused on um, ourselves, right? But really, because children have this innate curiosity, this innate joy, and this innate love to connect with others. And so really um, having an understanding, not an understanding even, I wouldn't even say, just a slight awareness of different perspectives. Mm. That's great. Mm-hmm. And do you think that kids would get get a better understanding of different perspectives if they were like exposed more like to other kids at the park or you know at different different activities that they were maybe brought to when they were younger? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and I think like a lot of them do have had that, but at the same time, I think that a lot of the times us as parents, um, we've grown up in this generation where we're 
a lot of parents will like definitely say, you know, oh, let Johnny have a turn as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, it's okay that Johnny is swinging this way. It's all right. He wants to swing this way on this right. Way. He doesn't have to swing the same way. So not everybody has to zig when everybody's zigging. There will be times where other people will zag and that's okay. Individualism. Exactly. (laughs) That's actually what my whole book is about. Oh, Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your book. Oh my gosh. So back home, I don't even feel like it's my book because I honestly felt like it was a downloaded message to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really, I initially wanted to write a book about um, uh, refugee students, because I had a lot of refugee students come in from Syria, and there wasn't any literature that they could connect to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am Muslim myself. And a lot of the families that came into our school district are also Muslim refugees. Um, and so some of when I was listening to a lot of literature, um, a lot of the value, all the value systems that we have as Muslims are human value systems. And so what this book does is allows kids and parents to see themselves as every character and see themselves as having a human connection through the core concept of humanity. Mm. And so it brings people together. And I think that's why it's had so much success um, because it's so relatable on to every person, not just refugee students to everybody. Mm, that's awesome. And did you, you wrote the book and it's obviously had some uh, international uh, accolades yeah. and it's had a lot of success. And where can you find the book now? Is it on Amazon? Oh, or your website? Yeah, it's everywhere. Um, I know that's in every public library. Mm-hmm. Um, many school districts have it. If they don't, you can definitely um, ask for it. Uh, it is at chapters. Um and um, Indigo. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's sold out now, though. So I don't know if they're getting a new shipment, but it's also really easily available on Amazon. Cool. Awesome. Well, congratulations on the book. It sounds like it's very timely and much needed. So yeah, thank (laughs) you. I love it. Um, Well, Shasta, we have run out on our, we're up against our time right now. So before Mm -hmm. I let you go, um, where would you like to send our parents to find out more information about having you as a life coach and finding out about the programs that you offer? Yeah, so you can always connect on my website, which is thrivekidsbc.ca. Um, there's also information on the podcast there, so you can always tune in. Um, I am also on Instagram and Facebook at Thrive Kids BC. Awesome. So you heard it, both parents go and connect with Shaisa there at thrivekidsbc.ca uh, or thrivekidsbc on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to check out the awesome podcast, I Am Mom. So Shaisa and our co-host uh, do that weekly. So we'll go over and have a listen and uh, you'll see all the great stuff that they are talking about over there uh, at I Am Mom. So thanks again, Shaisa, for being here with us today at Blissful Parenting. We'll see you again next week. 
Thank you for listening to the Blissful Parent Podcast. For complete transcriptions of this show, as well as helpful links to resources mentioned in this episode, please visit our website at theblissfulparent.com. Thank you.